Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. How do you guys? This is Counter Charge and this is Luke's from Luke's APS. And this is Rob Enough. And this is Jeremy Duval. That's right. Really excited today. Rob and I are to have Luke Fellows. Uh, many of you guys in the audience know him from uh, his... Uh, YouTube videos from Luke's APS, Affordable Paint Service, and Geep Gaming. Um, we're really excited to have Luke on the show. Um, first off, Luke, before we sort of get into what you're up to now, your businesses, your sort of revitalized interest in uh, Kings of War, why don't you tell us a little bit about like your gamer origin story? How did you first get into miniature wargaming? Well, it's a bit dark, really. Um, <laughs> it's, it started out um, it must be four coming up, well, maybe five years ago. Um, I was in a bit of a failing relationship and I went into myself a little bit. And um, what I did was, is I went into Asda one night after gigging because I was a working musician back then. Um, and I picked up a model kit and I brought it home. It was just an Airfix World War II kit. I put it together, I took some pictures, I put it up online and a few people were quite impressed at how quickly I'd done it and for the quality that I'd done. Um, so because of that, I got I started looking into things a bit, and I was talking to my little brother, um, and he mentioned that because I liked World War Two, that ball action was a thing, and I went, well, we'll give that a shot. And obviously, after so long of painting up green, grey, and browns, you want to paint something a bit more colourful, like fantasy. And I said it'd be better if there was a, you know, if if, I, if there were a fantasy game I could get into. We play. I tried playing Age of Sigmar because it was at the time that Age of Sigmar dropped, and I didn't like it because it wasn't a mass battle game. It wasn't what I was looking for. I tried Eighth, felt like a university course, and then Lee showed me Kings of War, um, <laughs> and that's 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 what got me to where I am now. Really, we've just moved some cardboard trays with names on uh, around a table until we got the hang of it and with like i say one game or two i was like right i best invest in some armies and do it you know that's interesting rob we've heard that from like a lot of people and i know in my own life is like oftentimes people go to the hobby when they have some wackadoo or they have stuff going on in their you know in their real life and they need that sort of release or that that peace of mind so that's kind of been my experience but has that been your experience too that there's something really therapeutic about painting models or, or getting into the hobby yeah I, th I think that's sort of what it was i mean as a because like i said i've been a working musician for i was a working musician for 10 years of my life so my job was even though it was a very social job it was very antisocial like with friends and with people from my own area getting the model was giving something me to do through the day while normal my normal friends and everybody else was at work and everything um so it gave me something to do rather than drinking and playing computer games it, I, there was a self a bit of a self-achievement from it uh because i could at least look at it on the shelf once i'd finished it rather than going oh i've got a new um <laughs> i've got i've got like a an achievement on an xbox i've actually got something on a shelf that i've put some time into yeah, and then like you said, it's like, uh, you know, I could go play World of Warcraft and get, get another max level character and like look at how shiny he looks, but then I turn my computer off and there's nothing yeah, there, yeah. right? Whereas in models, there's you're creating something that's that's tangible that after you're done, it's it's created and it's there forever. So I agree with you. I think there is a really sort of uh, nice sense of. Uh, accomplishment and um you know the more i think you get into and i bet you you know feel that some is a musician but i think the more that you can find creative outlets for your life the easier it is to sort of process a lot of stuff going on yeah i mean i wouldn't say my musician career was very creative um <laughs> as in now we're playing other people's music for a living yes as in i completely as in this is you, you i mean even though you're painting something that's already created you are chucking your own you know colors on it and you are it, it's adult coloring in in it <laughs> and, yep. and these is that sort of well like i say, adult coloring books are in so it's just a an adult thing that at least you can play with them as well which is a good thing 
Yeah, you know, I mean, they they use art therapy in a lot of for a lot of different reasons. You know, it's like sort of in in focusing on the finite, it sort of lets your brain calm down. I mean, that's what miniature painting is for me, anyway. It's a, it's a, it helps you sort of uh, switch off. Switch off exactly. And then, like you said, you also you get a, you get the switch off. But then the other the other part of that is that you then now have something you can actually like go play a game with. Yeah, yeah. Well, does that it, it helps you switch off on, and at the same time, it helps you not switch off because you're like, I really want. Are you that into it? You can't switch off for weeks till you've finished it. Um, there's that side of, <laughs> of it as well. Um, I've had I've had a few sleepless nights. I must admit, painting minutes. So, talk to us a little bit about you. You sort of kind of picked up some bolt action. You started to sort of get into it. What was sort of your initial inspiration to maybe? you know start your youtube channel or you know feel free to talk a little bit about what was the sort of when you got into content creation what was the sort of genesis of that from bolt action what started was is um i was obviously when i got the bolt action set i was painting the model i bought the box set the morning it arrived i'd assembled all the models in the box uh, and base coated them all in one evening well, when I say one evening, it probably like from five o'clock till a good early hours in the morning. The next day, I'd had them completely finished, and everybody on the bot action groups and that were pretty shocked at how quickly I did it. Um, and that got me to set up the Luke's APS that people know now, but it was only a page on Facebook just painting miniatures for people. And what it got was is when, as obviously as, as my interests swayed, obviously I started painting more and more models. I started doing more fantasy models and then I, I preferred painting fantasy models because it were bright pinks. I mean, my first army was a Zinch army for 8th edition, which I, I tried once and hated. <laughs> but the main reason that got me into content creation was the Kings of War community, the page. Um, they saw me, I don't know whether you guys were, saw it, but when I the first army I did for Kings of War was a full Slayer Force. And painting them up, and people were seeing, seeing how I was doing the base and everything, for weeks people were saying, you should do this on videos, you should do this, you should try, should show us how you do this, or you should at least do a blog. Um, and then one day um, I started looking at YouTube a bit more and thinking, because I didn't really know, what I, I looked at YouTube for you know, information or how to learn a song on bass, for example, but I never sat and watched YouTube religiously. I didn't think it was actually a thing if that made sense but i thought about it and i thought if i'm gonna do it if i'm gonna put if i'm gonna try and be a professional miniature painter for a living i should i should invest so i spent some i went to the bank i got some money out so i could go part-time with the music and then with what the guy said on the kings of war fanatics page i just went rolling with it and within six months i had I don't know, 10, 12,000 subscribers where did the name luke aps come from what's um, what's the genesis there with I have I have some basic marketing knowledge from being a musician, and I knew I had to have my name in there somewhere. In what I found from wargamers is they like things that are cheap. So, <laughs> and I was a painting service, so I just I just put APS together as an affordable painting services. There's no it would just I had to get my name in there because otherwise it's people people associate a face and a name better, and that's why I did that. Why don't you walk us through your main ventures because you've got You've got the YouTube channel, then you've got mm -hmm. gaming, and you know, you've got all this stuff. Why don't you walk us through the Luke APS empire? Right. Um, well, as I said, it's that, the, the, the Luke's APS has always been a miniature painting service, terrain building service. I mean, my, my main uh, commissions at the start was um, just literally bashing, bashing out historics for people. And then as I got started with the Kings of War Fanatics group, I got loads of people sending me bases just to, you know, do basically. Um, so there was already done because I could do it quick and because I was doing it with cheap things, everybody was sending me them. So I got onto that. And then Dead Zone, um, I got into Dead Zone and um, my first profitable income was from painting up Dead Zone stuff on the sprue for people. Um, so I did that and then I saw that there was, that there is money to be made. However, I need to, I need to I need to get out there. Um, so I started promoting myself more on obviously YouTube, and then when that happened, that's when it started. And then obviously the big burnout came <laughs> when you've been painting miniatures and terrain for uh, and bashing them out to not even a standard. You're literally painting them to a basic standard for people because that's what they're happy for. Um, because you've got to do that to make it profitable. It's not that 
yeah, I'd like to put more time in, but if I put more time in, it be it wouldn't be profitable and everything else. So it, it's it burnout as a commission painter happens a lot. I know you were right all the time. So I started thinking I'll start going down more the terrain route, which I did. But then it, it got to a point where people just wanted basic stuff, and then the burnout happened again. And as I got bigger, how I like, I need to. I need to have a range of products. I need a range of merch. I need I need something to help bring the money in so I can go full time with this. Uh, and because I'm I'm really into my scenics and I'm really into my terrain and uh, I know, you know, I, I figure things out, I re- reverse engineer things. I thought what how hard would it be to bring out my own range? I started reaching out to uh companies uh, to work with them at first um that didn't go so well a lot of the businesses wasn't happy with going in with a youtuber um and then a shop out of the blue contacted me which is geek gaming i worked with them for a while just being an affiliate they realized that it worked and then started listening to me and then within six months of working with them i now own it yeah <laughs> it's literally the, the growth of it is me trying to literally give it was i've always wanted to sell what i learned over the time as in my system as in how to do terrain quickly um because there's everybody does terrain everybody does thing and for me the biggest pain with building terrain is all the drying times you've probably done it yourself when you've been making bases or whatever you'll do a step and you can't do anything for you know 20 30 minutes or, or even a day um, and I had to try and work away cancelling that out. And once I'd got to that point where I'd figured out how I could do that, I thought there's a range here. And then through Geek Gaming, I brought out that system, and it seems to be working very well. Well, let's talk about what products you have in your range and what mm-hmm. what's what's going to come down the road. I'm sure you've got some new products yeah. you're thinking about. But what's in your range now? In this range now, I've got a product called Modeling Compound, which is like what I'd call an essential product. Um, for people that work with foam, uh, if you're shaping your foam and you're spending a lot of time, you know, getting your foam to look how you want before you put your sands and your grits and everything else on, what modeling compound is, it means you can build up your land foam with just a rough shape of foam. And it's, uh, it's a paper plaster mix. I mean, I've even got videos showing you how to make it. I mean, you don't have to buy it, but you can do. Um, and all, all you do is you add water to that, you put it on like a clay. After a couple of minutes, you rub it smooth, and within 10, 15 minutes, it's rock solid, and you're ready to go on with your your ground covers, which I sell. Uh, a base ready mix, which is mainly designed for coarse areas of ground, uh, but it's mainly aimed at miniature bases. Um, it's something I used to do as a commission painter, because obviously anybody that knows that does basing, if you do just basic basing, it's a five-step process. Whereas when we're base ready, you chuck some glue on, you dip it in, and it's done. I mean, you can put tuft on if you want. Um, so the base ready range, that's good for the coarse areas. Um, I am bringing out soon some ground covers, which are already coloured, so you don't have to paint anything. You literally just scatter it on, and it's super fine. It's finer than sand. Um, already coloured, and it's self-adheres as well. It's super hard, perfect for wargaming. And that gives you a super realistic look. Anybody that's been following the channel long enough will have seen it endless, countless times. Uh, also how you make it but it will be a product for people to buy as well um we're going to do a lot with grass tufts um i'm going to be bringing out a lot of weird and wonderful grass tufts in all sizes and shapes there's a lot there's a lot of things happening with scenic products that i can't really go into yet because obviously we've started the grounds but i don't know how long it's going to be before it comes out because the behind the scenes stuff can take 12 months before a product drops what you're going to be getting from me is whatever you see my systems working you're going to be able to buy each and every product yeah, it's all happening on that side of things. And now that I'm in charge of it all and running it all from literally a mile from my house, it'll be far more efficient because I don't have to fly anywhere to sort it. Yeah, talk about that. I know people have seen it on your YouTube channel, but you've sort of now gotten a new like warehouse business space. Is that correct? Talk a little bit about the your new fortress. Yeah, well, where it was is... Um, Geek Game was down in Cornwall, uh, which is on the very south coast of England, and I'm based in Wakefield, which is slap bang in the middle. Obviously, this wasn't planned. This was just because of how things have happened with um, Geek Gaming approaching me and uh, working together, and it's just happened the way it is. So I had to fly down every quarter um, to show how things are made, how things are used, you know, where, where to get products from, um, how to mix things and teach the people down there how to do it. 
as the business has grown over the last two years, yet yeah, only two years, um, I've been having to fly down more more often and more frequent. We wanted to expand, but because we wanted to expand and bring it up here, we didn't want to take any more staff on down there because we'd have to let them off and a whole lot of confusion and hard work in that. So we decided to move a little bit earlier than we should have done, uh, but it means that I can now be hands-on with it um, and actually run the whole side of things. So I, I'm in control of all the quality control. I'm in, you know, I can see how things have been made. I can see, I can keep a track of everything. Whereas when things were down there, not that we had, we had a few errors, obviously, like any business, but if I was there, I, th- I think it were things that we, we could have missed. We I know that out and get just literally making the service and the product better by having me in control of it. Yeah, because I know, like, as a as a miniature gamer or as a hobbyist or whatever, the best thing about uh, watching a tutorial YouTube video is you want to watch it, but then you also want to be, like, often, you know, there's different types of paints you could use to get sort of, like, the same result, but often people love that sort of paint-by-number, right? Where ABC, ABC done. Yeah, that's what people want. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Is that kind of kind of your sort of thinking, or let, let me show you how to do this building, and then obviously you could, you could tweak it with a little different materials, but I'm going to show you guys, here's A, here's B, here's C, and then here's links to all the exact products that I use, so try to make it as accessible as possible. Yeah, the the idea is is I mean terrain making isn't hard. Um, obviously, I, I'm very new to the hobby. I've not done anything like this, and in and in four years, I'm at where I am now. But it does things do take time. Even the simplest processes do take time. But what I'm trying to do is is bring out products that don't take as much time to use, if that makes sense. Um, just try and make it as simple as possible, and try and. That's been my approach is a lot of people use technical terms and it sounds quite like, for example, let's talk about airbrushing. Um, Airbrushing as a novice sounds terrifying, whereas throwing sand around and chucking some clay in a corner doesn't sound as terrifying, does it? Um, And that's what I'm trying to get over is terrain is pretty simple. But if I give you the steps and give you the products and show you A, B, C, D done, you should be able to create near enough what I'm doing as long as you're following the steps and how I've done it. Um, and with a bit more practice, you might even get better at it than me because I've ironed out all the errors for you. <laughs> yeah, and oftentimes, like, when people first come to the hobby, they look at these end results and they and they say, oh, my gosh, how do I do that? And it's really, like, trying to get people to understand that you're looking at step 77, right? Yeah. Whereas... Yeah. Think about step one, which is really easy, and then you do step two, and then you do step three. It's about like building those sort of foundational basic techniques that if you try to do them as cleanly as possible, by the time you get step 77, it's just one more step of what you've yeah. done up to that point. I mean, the, be- the best thing with terrain and it, it, the hardest thing I've had, I, I mean, I did, uh, I've, I've tried a terrain course, which went very well at Element Games. Um, I had 10 people there that have, uh, one of them had built terrain before, but the rest hadn't. And they all did my systematic, all the stuff that I use, laid it all out for them. And 10 people walked out with something that looked like I'd done it. Um, so that to me, I mean, obviously they had me helping them as well. I didn't do much. I just sort of talked them through or showed them a very tiny piece. Uh, and then at the end of that, it reassured that the system actually worked. Um, and the fact that I did it over two days and they got done in half a day was terrifying. <laughs> so it shows it's fast and I was like going, what can I show them now? If I do another one, we'll be sorting that out. Yeah, because that's really the key. And you know, we've talked a lot about it with different painters and different hobbyists is, you know, there's kind of a difference between a show piece or show model painter and an army painter, Right is that you're you're trying to develop that set of skills so that you can have a new army, you know, one army a year as opposed to one army every five years, you know, developing those shorthand type of skills. Me me and a few of my friends are talking about it because obviously I'm, I mean, people have seen my work. I'm not an amazing painter by any stretch of the imagination, Um, but... A lot. I've won best armies or best painted armies, which I'd say is definitely not best painted. But together, they look quite cool and quite fun. And I've had this with my friends who are amazing painters. But in the time I've painted an army, they've probably painted a unit. 
which I, my my work comes nowhere close to theirs. But at the same time, I can get something done and play with it before they can. Well, I could do three, four armies in the time it's set them to do one. Yeah, you know, it's one of our co-host Mark's fa- favorite adage is that sort of like my favorite color is done. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something to be said to that, right? Whereas you're trying to find that balance. I know as a yep. painter myself, I'm trying to find the balance between a certain level of quality, but also trying to find ways so that I'm not painting the underside of a horse that no one will see. And I can't, yeah. quite, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't quite give that up because I, still I haven't don't. figured that out yet. I still have to do it. I don't like obsessive <laughs> about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's, guess, it's like maybe I, I need, know. Maybe I need to see someone. About yeah, that. it's like I know the bottom <laughs> of that horse is there. It exists. You know, well, I mean, with me, I mean, that's how I choose armies. Um, the main reason I've got slayers is one, the cool. Two, there's three colors. There's the trousers, which you could be the base coat that you prime them. It's a skin color. It's orange, and then obviously it's just the weapons. So it's yeah, it's four, five colors tops. Um, but it's a lot. It's three main colors. So when you base coat them, that's one of them five done. So you've only got four steps left. Again, with my Zinch army, it's a lot of pink horrors. It's a lot of things like that, which is technically three colours. It's pink, it's green for the tongues, it's gold for the uh, for the jewellery and things. And when I pick an army, I go, right, I could have dwarves, but if I pick berserkers, I've got less to paint. And that's how I've always chose armies, if I want to have a go with it. Um, the first army that's I'm actually I've been quite slow at painting is the Northern Alliance, because it's... Even even though the Northern Alliance is still not a hard army to paint, I can still do uh, maybe a horde in what? Probably I could do a horde a day if I had to. So it, it's just been selective with what models you pick because obviously the more detailed you go with, <laughs> the more colours you've got to use and the longer it's going to take you, even to a basic standard. Um, so if you ch- ch- pick your units around how they're going to look and then try and learn how to play with that that you've got, I think you'd enjoy it more rather than trying to... Trying to think about, uh, like, uh, imagining the project in a holistic sense, which is, you know, is this going to be... Like, Rob and I have talked about it. We travel around for tournaments, and in the U.S., that means flying. So sometimes you'll have, like, a boutique showpiece army, but it's not Mm -hmm. a tournament army because it has so many giant winged monsters that it's just... it's impossible to fly with that army whereas i know rob like rob loves to travel with his dwarf army because it's metal it's compact it's not like skeleton chariots or like fiddly bits so it's kind of like having an idea of um like for me i'm working on a basilean army that's all like uh high-end raging heroes lots of resin lots of gw bits lots of cyborg resin bits and to me that's like my boutique army I'm only going to ever have one army like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's having an idea of like, what, what is your end goal and where do you want to take the project that as long, along with the steps itself, doing some project planning or some, some project management in the beginning of an army project could also really help you sort of bring that lens tighter on what do you want that? Does that make sense? What do you want that army to be? It does. I mean, I, I've always got something that I, it's like with my Northern Alliance Army. I'm building a list that I want to play for, say, tournament play, which is pretty rough. Um, but there's a thematic list that I want to do, uh, which is like the Ice Queen. And she's got loads of elementals, loads of trolls, loads of giants. And it's like also almost commanding like all the, the, the big things of the army. Uh, well, that's going to take me a lot longer because obviously I'm going to be building it with um, you know the warmer horde is it warmer hordes uh, the big ice troll yeah so I'm going to use that as a big giant a big frost giant then I've got all the elementals it, it's going to be very thematic but to do that one it's a hell of a lot of money because of the models that are going into it um, and two it's I want to make it because there's not as many models to paint I want to make sure that every model I do is a showpiece so things like that going off in the background it might take me six months to do but in that meantime I've got an army that's almost done that I can play with every week and I'm getting my Northern Alliance kick uh, but then when I want to drop my theme my, my list that looks good it, it should play well as well but it looks awesome but I wouldn't want to fly to America with it I must admit <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned your Northern Alliance Army that you're working on, and I know 
on the past on uh, your YouTube channel. You've you've had some stuff sort of in the in the orbit of Kings and War, but you've done a lot of stuff lately. You had an interview with Ronnie. Yep. It seems like you're really sort of saying like Kings of War is awesome. It's going to be one of my kind of corner sword games i mean that's how rob and i feel i mean we do this podcast like because we you know we like doing it but we also love really truly believe kings of war is a great game can you talk a little bit about kind of like your uh doubling down on kings of war one of the main reasons is there's obviously the pavement to advertise third edition um but what doesn't go you know what doesn't go amiss is kings of war is always been the only game that i've really ever played um i've tried other systems but I always play Kings of War. Uh, Kings of War is the only game that it, it's the only game that I play and really enjoy. And I'm not sat scratching my head going, "This don't feel right." Or I've tried other systems and gone, and I'm comparing it to Kings of War all the time. Uh, there's just something about it because it's it's, it's it's a mass battle game that you can sit down and play in an hour and a half, longest an hour and a half, even with drinking. Um, the reason it's come back more to it now is one because obviously i'm moving into the unit and i'm not doing terrain builds because everything's getting shifted and moved out the house so i'm having to do more talking head type videos and think about what i'm doing plus with mantic relaunching third i thought it'd be a good time to jump back on it king towards always been there it's never it's, it's not that i've drifted away from it and come back to it um it's it's just a core game and i probably neglect it because it's kings of war and it's not as popular as warhammer um and i should really promote it more on the channel but a lot of time and effort goes into the videos and if i spend a week doing a video on kings of war and it's only going to get ten thousand hits it's 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 a lot of effort to put into a video to get nothing back from it and i do mention it and i do do it sometimes but i thought with the launch of third it might relaunch the hype and i might be able to get some decent hits uh doing third edition to make it worthwhile i know that sounds probably people are not going to want to hear me say that um but it's it's my job i've got to i've got to make it work um but kings of war is the game that i always play it's not that i've been paid to say it it is it, it, talk to anyone to anyone in the kings of war community knows that i'll love it <laughs> yeah what's been yeah. the response to your 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 videos on kings of war lately they're doing okay. Um, there's a lot of people saying that they'd like to try it out. Um, there's a lot of people, uh, which I find quite strange, a lot of people say oh, it's just the investment into the game. And I'm like, well, I didn't invest into the game. I downloaded the free rules and I cut out some cardboard trays and pushed it round on a naked piece of MDF with paper woods and paper hills. The game's not about units. It's about shapes and movement so if you want to really try the game i mean the models and the terrain obviously make it look more aesthetically pleasing but the bare bones of the game are so great you can still enjoy it with some bits of paper with stats on and and that's what i'd say to anybody that says well it's not that popular in my community i'm like well print off some shapes print off some terrain lay it on a table and force it on people and i'm telling you by turn three they might have learned most of the rules and they'll be like i need to play this and i've always said that and i think i've even said it in my recent videos and bringing new any new player i have it's the same response over and over again so it can't be just me it's got to be it's got to be everyone it's just that if, if 40k for example is the most played game in your area try and break it up a bit just take some it won't look aesthetically pleasing, but I'm sure they'll get the grasp of it. And when they only have to, you know, paint 20, 30 models and stick them on a base and they'll never have to take them off again, I'm sure they'll see that it's not that much of an investment. They might even have the models in a drawer that they'll never exactly. even Exactly, exactly. You're hitting on something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, yeah. which is I play in a store and we have a lot of GW fanboys there. And great, mm -hmm. if you love GW games, great. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy you found something. But mm -hmm. what I'm finding is... If if I think there's two types of people that have really been attracted to Kings of War. One is the people that don't want to treat it like a like a lifestyle game. They just want to yep. casually play. It's a perfect mm -hmm. game because the rules aren't very complicated. If you don't, and if you go a month between games, you know what? Yep. You, you haven't forgotten. You might look it but once, and it might absolutely. Be like, is it, is that height two or is that height three? Exactly. <laughs> and then the other thing is the people that really are looking for a balanced game, mm -hmm. um, which. I have a theory, which is not the people playing Games Workshop because if, if you're really into Games Workshop. There is an imbalance that's built in. It's that chasing of the dragon, which is 
I mean, if you like that, great. Yeah. But if you don't like that, Kings of War is kind of fills that void, which is you have a completely balanced game. Well, I won't say completely balanced, but a reasonably balanced game. Yeah, you know, I think it's any uh, Kings of War player will acknowledge that you know our game is sort of like a niche game, right? In the in the great scheme of things, but I think that, and I, I think you've se- we've seen it some. Uh, it's about trying to get the game in front of players because most people yeah. who actually try the game like you said come turn three or four or whatever they're i'm 99 of the time they're like wow this game is awesome yep. so it's like how do we get the game in front of them and i think for mantic's part they've continued to professionalize the look of the game the quality of the rule books and i think the more as us as content providers can continue to try to develop stuff and just get the game exposed to people i think people will like it when they play it I've said this a few times, and you know how Amantic have always put out, the, you know, they put out the free rules, and you know, there's Easy Army and everything else. It's, I mean, the, the community for this game is awesome. I mean, Easy Army, again, is another reason that pushed me to this system, because when you've never played a game or even read the rules, um, you can go into Easy Army and build a list, and it will let you build a list that's not wrong. There's no other thing out there that allows you to do it like easy i mean i don't know what the one the utopia 40k is the but is it battle scribe is it yeah battle scribe is one of the main ones yeah but battle scribe when you're putting stuff in it does it does tell you if you've done something wrong but it still allows you to do it it doesn't sort of tell you how to go whereas easy am it does now with that stuff that's out there for kings of war i i really think mantic should have a template when you download the rules, you could download your armies and your terrain in that free rule book, cut it out, because they're already giving it away free and people can do whatever they want. Try it for absolutely nothing. And I'm telling you, before, when they get into that, they're going to, they, people are going to invest into it. <laughs> in, I did that anyway. So if it's there as a download it and play it, I think that would be a great thing. If somebody just did like a template book where you could just cut the shapes out and have a go with it. <laughs> I've, I've laughed and joked about it. Somebody needs to jump on Travel Kings of War and just do half the size of everything so you can play it on a coffee table with some, you know, heads of soldiers printed on a piece of cardboard. Um, as in, I'd, I'd play that. Do you know what I mean? The models and the only thing that I get from Kings of War is the, the bit that hinders the game for me is terrain. Um, because obviously... It makes it look a little bit better. Um, but when you have a hill, your models never sit on them right or they slip a little bit. Trees, you end up taking them all off the bases anyway. So you, you have them on there for the pictures at the beginning. Right. And then as soon as you move your models in woods, they end up on a table. It should be a 2D terrain game. I mean, I see Kings of War as that base hasn't got 40 models on it. It's got, you know, 400 models, for example. Um, it's a very... You definitely, it's 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 a grand tactical game, right? It's you're looking no, down. No, I'm and you... talking about like if there's 20 models on a base. That's it's, it's a representation. That's what I'm trying to say. Is in Kings of War isn't that unit going up against that unit? It's it's an abstraction. Is what it's an abstraction. It's a complete yeah. abstraction. So like a woods isn't three trees on a little base. Right. That's that's the size of a, a forest ten times bigger than it appears. And that's why, for me, it being on cardboard and being like a printout works because I enjoy the game so much. It doesn't need that. But when you add that, there's that again. There's that there's the hobby side of it, which you own it. You can brag about it. You've got you know you get the bragging rights as that's my army and everything else, which really adds to the game. But 2D terrain is so much better for Kings of War. <laughs> right. Well, let's touch on the, the the tournament scene, the 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 Kings of War scene in your neck of the woods. I know. In the past, you've run some events. Why don't you just touch a little bit on, on the state of Kings of War, um, the, the scene in your area in the UK? Um, what's good about UK is, I mean, like you, you said yourself, you have to fly to an event, uh, whereas people in the UK are not used to that. If it's more than 40 minutes away, it's a problem. Um, <laughs> so there is events near enough once, nearly twice a month um, across the UK uh, there's a lot in central England. Um, there's a lot down south. It's very. If people say it's not accessible, that I don't. I don't know why they're getting that. I mean, the tournament scene for Kings of War. If people are worried about Kings of War being one of them things where you know if you're not in it, 
um, you, you're not going to be able to do well at tournaments. I, I started my venture at Kings of War tournaments. The fir- some of the first games I played was at tournaments. Um, so I, there's a lot of tournaments going off, and it, it is spread a bit thin, I think. Um, but there's still 30, 40 players going to each one. Um, so it's not. If you went to a good, if you went to a tournament, I mean, they're all pretty decent. There's not one that I'd say that I've been to that I've been like, mm, it's missing a bit. The one thing with Beers of War that I found is the the tournament players, because we tried to do Beers of War as a a fun event on the Saturday and then a a, a ranked event on the Sunday. People get absolutely obliterated on the Saturday, <laughs> and so you had like the people that came for the fun on the Saturday, and then you get the people that come for the rank points and everything on the Sunday, and then you got a couple of the crossover players that be too drunk to play on the Sunday or they just didn't want to play. That that was the issue with beers of war, not not the events. Um, but you do have a split. You have like your serious players that will go to all the ranked events. Then you get a lot of the players that like the doubles events, that like the the fun systems. And, and me, I'm a bit of both. I like playing ranked, but then I don't do ranked seriously either because I'm, you know, I'm I, I just like throwing models around and rolling dice. But the fun events for me, it shows how good Kings of War is because you can have a good doubles event. And it still plays very well, even though, like, I know me and Chris Christofferson played with an awful list at a doubles event. Uh, we had, <laughs> like, two undead dragons and uh, three hordes of zombies and uh, uh, vampires on, on mounts. And uh, it, it, it wasn't because it, it was a double event where you could take the same army and we worked together and we won that. <laughs> um, awesome. But... Yeah, no, but we... That was a very dirty list. It was very naughty. Um, but the doubles lists, the doubles events and things like that, if you if you are new to it, I think going to a doubles event, you'll learn a hell of a lot. And it'll just, you know, it'll bring you... It'll, it'll make you enjoy the game playing with somebody that's played a couple of times and things. I don't think there's anything wrong with the tournaments and things in UK. I just think there's an hell of a lot of them. So you're spoiled for choice. I think that's the issue. Would you consider yourself a hobby gamer? I'd, I'd, I'd say I'm more of a hobby gamer, mainly because of the business, um, because obviously I'm so busy. And when I do have a time, I'd rather go enjoy myself than trying to think, I need to get top points on this to win sort of thing. But um, yeah, I'd have myself more down as a hobby gamer than a... I don't know, I don't, to be honest, I don't know the rules well enough to, to be <laughs> a true gamer. I'm a bit more of a, we'll throw this forward and we'll we'll, we'll play the percentages. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so when are we going to see Beers of War coming back? I don't think you will. I'm far too busy. You just need to like find someone to take it over for you. Well, me, me and Lee used to do it. Me, uh, me and Lee and then Chris uh, Christopherson uh, used to help out. But the amount of work for the payback um, was it was it was a lot. And with how busy I am now, um, it would be it would be nice to bring it back. Me and Lee, I've spoke about it. I must admit, um, but. It might be next year. <laughs> I don't mean next year is in 2020. I mean 2021 if we do. Yeah, I think the um, usually when you have like a tournament, a miniatures wargaming tournament, you have um, there's a bigger uh, gap or bridge between the hyper competitive players, the medium players, and maybe the super casual players. And what I like about the Kings of War rule system is that there still is somewhat of that gap, but it's not as as severe or as sort of just like barrier keeping. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think where it is though is because it is rather balanced as the game that if you are a casual gamer and you do understand the rules, you can apply quite a lot of pressure to to veterans, because you you only because there's not as much to learn as as long as you know the the core mechanics of the game, which is movement. You can apply a lot of pressure to somebody that really knows the game inside out. That's what stops it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the distinctions between you know a GW game because in a GW game, there's always new stuff coming out, coming out, coming out. And with King's yep. War, everything's all released at once. Yep. That's it. And then once a year, we get a we get an annual update. But. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have everything in front of you. With, with Kings, with Games Workshop games as well, the thing is, is it's you're hammered with fluff for the army as well. So when you're trying to find something that you need to know, it's a rule for this army that's it's buried in fluff. 
um, which is fun if you're into that. But if you're trying to just get to the bottom of, come on, what do I need to roll to get hit him with this spell? It's, it's and and the armies are so different across Games Workshop as well. It's not like magic's all the same. It's not like you know attacks are all the same. With Kings of War, armies are very different, but the stats are all very similar. If again, if somebody's listening that's never played Kings of War, they're going to think that makes no sense, but. People that play Kings of War, like, you know, if you look at a harder unit, you're going to know that they're going to have over 20 attacks. You know, they're going to be at least defense four, you know, defense three, four, depending on what sort of armor they're wearing, for example, what models they're representing. You can look at the army with not knowing the rules or not going up at it and roughly know the stats. That's sort of where that, you know, people have talked about uh, Kings of War being similar to chess in some ways, in that. You know, different units are different, but like a cavalry regiment, it has a nucleus of what that regiment probably does, right? You just explained that far better than I did. <laughs> well, that's why they pay us the big bucks. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of, you kind of have these nucleuses of what what the units should do or not do, which I think then gives the novice player or the intermediate player a sense of when they come up to the table, it's not like. They don't know what your army does because they haven't read your army book plus the campaign book plus the magazine that's got the one extra unit. And, you know, whereas, like, those type of games, like those heavy narrative games are super fun if you, you're going to just play one game on a Sunday. But I think if you're wanting to get involved in something that's a little bit more competitive or organized or a tournament scene, that's why Kings of War is so great in that I remember, you know, you play three or four games in a Kings of War tournament and you're not like – it's not like a brain lobotomy by the end of the day you you still can <laughs> think i've always i've always referred to kings uh, sorry i've always referred to fantasy as in warhammer fantasy as a university course uh, because you it's it's hard enough learning your own army and the rules but then you've got to really understand the other people's rules because you can make so many mistakes which sway the game um and you can see why people make mistakes with their armies in 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 fantasy because it's just it's just lists of rules and you're like oh my god and like you say after four hours if a game takes longer than two hours i start to lose interest and just think i just want to go for a beer now um whereas with kings of war after about an hour an hour and a half i'm like let's have a beer let's go have another one yeah it's like let's re-rack you know this is our favorite game but not to take anything else from people who like to play other miniature games i play lots of different miniature games it's just for me that that mass combat fantasy competitive itch this is the game that I found that scratches that itch the best. And, and if if you all if you're the sort of player that only has time to play twice a year, that I think this is a game system that's better for you. Um, just because <laughs> if you if you haven't played it for six, like me, I mean, I I went last year. I went a good six months without playing it. A friend came round. I set up a table. He played recently, and I played through it. And I I looked at the rule book twice just to just to check, just to make sure that I was saying the right thing. Um, and I was like. Wow, six months and I'm, I've I've had a good game and I won. <laughs> as in, it's like that. It's like wow. As in, I, I've never I've never played a system like that. I mean, I'm not a veteran that can say I've played loads of games because I haven't. But I've played one that really fits me, and I'm like I can't see me ever swaying from it unless something tops it. Which, I, to be honest, with how it works, I don't think it it will. <laughs> And that's something that Rob mentioned earlier, and it's something that I hadn't maybe thought about it in sort of like a tertiary or sideway, but you bring up a really good point in that uh, if you play certain games and you and you go away for three months or you go away for six months, it's like you need eight hours of reading like all the stuff that's come out in the interim just to get you back to baseline. Yep. You know, whereas like you with, with Kings, you know, besides the, the, the yearly... Uh, update book you can take those bigger breaks which for a lot of people that's all you know they're not as lucky as some of us to get a weekly game in they have to play every once every three months it's very true or, or at tournaments one, yeah or at tournaments yeah that that's the other thing but i mean with, with what you're saying with the yearly books as well the yearly books are only aimed at tournament play yeah i mean it's trying to just add a little tweak to the meta to make things a little bit you know it kind well, of just freshens things up yeah. a little bit 
So, so people that you know, if people are casually playing and they're not going to tournaments, if you bought the rule book every, I mean, I don't know how many years, but it has been between between uh, editions. Um, four years, but, yeah, four years. Yeah, four, so four years between each between each system. You just you just think, well, in four years, if you're only playing, you know, twice a year, the core rule book and and your army list, that's more than enough. Um, to have a fun game with friends, but if you are going to tournaments, yeah, you're probably best buying the yearly book, which is it's not expensive, is it? So, <laughs> cool. Well, uh, going into 2020, you mentioned it briefly, but talk a little bit about sort of like what's on your personal paint desk. You know, like what's coming up for you 2020, and then maybe transition a little bit into APS and geek gaming. You know, sort of your ideas for the new year, but talk a little bit first on like what are your army hobby plans like moving into the new year. Well, to start, finish off, I'm going to get this Northern Alliance army done. Um, I, I want I want to get it done just because it's it's a human army which I've wanted for a while. Um, and when it was the sort of Game of Thrones esque sort of Inuity type uh, models, I was like, right, I'm on this. So I'm going to sort that out and sort the. Uh, sort that army out and i'm going to enjoy playing that because wild wild um wild charge is is a big thing for me because obviously playing dwarves for for many years <laughs> and being able to fend off flyers with a horde is uh it's a good thing um but after that i think i'm gonna do uh the evil dwarves because obviously with uh, mantic bringing out the new plastics and stuff is it what do they call them? Chaos dwarves? It's not Abyssal Chaos dwarves. dwarves. Abyssal dwarves. Yeah. So with with the the plastics Abyssal dwarves coming out and everything, I think I'm going to go down and do some Abyssal dwarves. Yes, it's another dwarf list, but they do play. They're, they're a bit more harder hitting uh, than standard dwarves. So I think I'm going to try that. Um, I'm going to do some Kings of War board builds uh, next year. Um, one, because I don't actually own any terrain. That might shock a few people. Um, but I don't actually own any physical terrain myself. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to build myself a couple of uh, Kings of War games because down at the unit on an evening when I've finished, I can play uh, with friends and staff down there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show people how to build um, a 6 by 4 Kings of War table that looks aesthetically pleasing, but the terrain's nice and removable and fits in so it doesn't look like it's you know, like counters on a desk will make it so it blends in and looks nice as well. So you could use that for uh, a standard game of any other system as well uh, without the terrains built. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that because, one, it means I can store some boards and play some games, but, two, it shows people that it's multi-use terrain that doesn't look modular, if that makes sense. And you brought it up before. I think that's really the, the kick when it comes to Kings of War, especially with the terrain is... And I know Rob can speak to this. He's an awesome terrain builder. We call him mm-hmm. the, tool, the tool man. Um, the tool man. Yeah, Tim it, the tool man Taylor. Yeah, it's Rob the tool man. <laughs> Fanuff. Um, it's trying to create dynamic, fun terrain, but it's got to be functional. Like you mentioned it. How many times have we been on like, I got to put crap under my unit so it doesn't fall off the hill. It's trying to find that balance. It is. Uh, and I, I think I've nailed it. Um, but... This again, I don't think you're ever, ever gonna fully nail it, but you can make it as 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 close as possible. And I think I've got to a point where I think I've I've done enough now where I can sort of sort of do it so you remove it from the table rather than it all being based. But we'll like I say, once I do that video, I mean I'll be happy because it'll be an early on video as well because I want to get that table done so I can start playing the new system. But no, as in I'm going to be doing quite a few multi basing videos as well for Kings of War. Um, because obviously I've got my armies to do, uh, I've got my little brother's armies to do, uh, and I've got a lot of new products out that will complement that as well. So, can whatever I do, you should be able to copy quite quickly. Yeah, because I know you've done some on your uh, some of your ice basing and stuff, but done more on like the individual base type stuff. I did it on that because I was playing myself. I, I will be doing the multi base. I know I said I was doing it the week after, and but with how again it's one of them things it's open fault <laughs> open promises as and i say i'm going to do some and then some of the work comes in and it's like oh i can't do that this week and i've had to go on a tangent but i will be doing the the ice bases for my uh, northern alliance and showing people how to put it onto a larger scale base but no as in i'll be doing some nice you know like abyssal basin and all sorts of different be- bits and pieces because my, my brother's got abyssal dwarves as well so um, I'll be doing the basis for him. 
That's uh, awesome, and I see your, the YouTube channels almost hovering just at a hundred thousand subscribers, just about. So, yeah, it seems to have dropped off since I've stopped making terrain for last month. <laughs> it, 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 it was growing really quickly, um, and then it got to uh, well, about a month and a half ago, and I stopped building terrain, and then it's just died on its ass. Um, but it's one of the things it's it's, it's got to. It, it, it was it was going to happen uh, because the channel's been built around the terrain, so I've got to stick to that. But I hope that me doing the Kings of War videos, it, it, what what I don't get about me doing the Kings of War videos is I do that and I get called a shill. But the, the whole the whole reason behind me doing Kings of War videos is because I'm actually into it. <laughs> Um, and when I actually and, and I thought I'll just do these videos because I'm into it it's been a long time since I've been me on the channel I've been, just been doing stuff that I need to do to get out I thought I'll do something that I enjoy I'll go down to Mantic I'll spend some time with Ronnie I'll do something that I really want to do and uh, yeah I got a lot of hate for it <laughs> you know you know my philosophy Luke is I just don't care yeah well I, I, I just like care. I just do what I want to do and if you don't like yeah. it that's cool I mean mm-hmm. it, it is what it is there's you know it is what yeah. it is it's one of them. It's like I, I, I get to that point where I'm just like, chuff me. I've done. I've been me for a change. It's all the new people that have come in and they've seen me for the last few months. Right? The, the people that have been there from the beginning, they've always been very supportive and everything else. But you know, I, I have to. I, I've made this call and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I've seen a lot. There's a lot of people that have messaged me saying, you know, it's nice to see you back doing Kings of War stuff, and it's. They've been with me since like two and three hundred subscribers, and it's like it's them guys that are still there, and that's amazing. I thought they'd be long gone, but no. It's it's like it's a good community. The King's War community is very very strong, um, and it shows. It really does. It, it it's got to be more popular now than it was four years ago. It's got to be. And it's one of those things, right, where, like you said, you're you on one level, you have to run a business, right? And if you are going to advertise for something, why not it be something that you actually like or, can, you know, you can be authentic and stand behind in your enjoyment of? Yeah, that that's true. As in, like, but the thing is, if you've been watching the channel for ages, you, you know, I always reference Kings of War. You always know that I've loved it. I've liked it. But then as soon as there's some business relationship in that, people don't believe you anymore um, whereas it's what got me to where I am now and I always, I always say <laughs> Kings of War is the whole reason I'm on YouTube now but people ignore it anybody listening to this that's not into Kings of War you're stupid there you go done it <laughs> <laughs> well there, I don't think we have anybody listening that probably isn't no. into Kings of War so you're probably <laughs> safe uh, we only we only uh, get the faithful here. yeah yeah <laughs> Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show for sure, uh, Luke. Why don't you go ahead and just do like a rundown, you know, uh, plug your, your YouTube channel, like social media. How can people find you or if they want to follow your adventures? Give us the uh, sort of uh, the locales. Right. So if you want to watch, uh, want to follow my videos, it's uh, Luke's APS on YouTube. I'm sure if you just type Luke's APS and it'll just fly up and you'll be able to skip through all my builders to your arts content uh, i do have a facebook page where i'm mainly active um which is luke's aps hangouts and discussions so if you want to talk to me just tag me in anything and i'll answer your questions as far as that there's instagram and stuff like that but i don't really post to them but if you want to follow them you can do if you're interested in any of the uh, products and stuff like that that i do sell you can check that out at www.geekgaming.co.uk sorry uh, that's www.geekgaming.co.uk. Have a look on there, and that should be great for all your multi-basing needs. Well, I just I know we have a lot of um, listeners who, when you talk about those first 300, I think a lot of, you know, we do like a, a After Dark, which is a Google Hangout where we get together and paint and talk about things of war. And I know we've talked about your videos, and I know like there's a lot of core Kings of War players who have sort of fallen you. Uh, followed you from the beginning of your channel so that's why rob and i were excited to kind of get get you back on the show or get you on the show so that you could uh, connect with because i think sometimes as you grow staying connected to with maybe some of the core the, the original people who supported you like you've mentioned is always a good idea you know to keep those relationships that's a very good idea and the, what what forces that out and i, I must I, I know that i speak for a lot of youtubers um at this point because we, we we all talk um it gets to a point where the 
the small minority of hate. Um, I mean, I've had quite a lot since going, as you know, as in doing a, a shop. But it gets to the point where you take a step back from social networking because it affects you. Uh, it gets to a point where you think, why am I bothering? Um, so you do take a step back, which that has a really negative effect on the people that have been there from the beginning. And I, I do have a, like a, a list of names on my computer that if they comment, I have time for them. Um, but obviously that, that I do miss the occasional one or stuff like that. And there's people that message me and it's, it's just, you just get, things get lost as in you wake up in the morning with three, 4,000 notifications and it is a bit annoying. It is a bit upsetting sometimes when you're like, I can't reply to all these because I've got stuff to do. And yes, now that it's, it's very true as in when you get to a certain size, it's not that I don't want to, it's that it's just some, it's a bit impossible sometimes. <laughs> um, it is, it is pretty crazy and, and I never wanted that, but it, it sort of gets in the way, if that makes sense. No, it does. And that's what I think is about, like, uh, building and maintaining relationships just in your personal life or your professional life. That's a skill that you always should be working on and improving. And that's why we were excited to get you on our show is that it give, gives you a way to sort of, like, reconnect and say hello to, to all the Kings of War faithful, you know, who have been following your stuff. So I know uh, I'm... Thankful to have you on the show. I don't know, Rob, uh, you have any shout-outs or any comments? No, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing, right? I mean, it's sort of uh, Kings of War is the obvious choice for, yeah. for a lot of people. And I think, you know, we, we just keep doing what we're doing and more people yeah. get on board every year. Yep. Now, there will be more Kings of War content because it is something that I'm going to be doing. Um, and I am going to be working with uh, quite a lot of shops in the UK over the next 12 months um, and I know that a few shops that I'm going to be working with do quite regular uh, boards, uh, games and stuff, so I will be building boards and things for them. I will be doing more for the Kings of War community over the next 12 months than I have done over the last year or so. Um, so I'm looking forward to that just because I can be more involved. I don't, I'm looking forward to doing something that I'm actually interested in rather than doing something for clicks, which is which is nice. Yeah, because, I mean, there's got to be that sort of pressure where is if I do this type of video that I may not like as much, I know I'm going to get a lot of views. But Rob and I talk about this a lot in that sometimes we'll, we'll do an episode, uh, and granted our audience is not as big as yours, but we'll come across this sort of where some people just won't like what we say or they won't like an episode. And in the end, all we can do is stay true to ourselves and make the type of video or type of episodes that we would like to listen to. Otherwise... If you give that up, you're no longer speaking with your authentic voice, and I think people then aren't going to be in as, as engaged in what you're doing because that authenticity is not there. Yes, it's very, it's very true. It's very true. Um, it, it's just having. It's if I if I could do Kings of War videos every week and get the hits that I'm getting, I'd do them without thinking about it. It's just obviously. I mean, that's why I try and do Kings of War. I try and do Kings of War videos as often as I can, but I try and tie them in. It's like I did I did a Kings of War basing video, but it, what, I didn't call it a Kings of War basing video. I mean, that got about 40,000 clicks in about a week, um, and that did very well. And, and I was like thinking, if I'd have put Kings of War on that, <laughs> it'd have probably got about 10. Um, yeah. So it's just been it's been clever with it and getting kings of war out there but not been blatant that it's kings of war and that's what I, every now and again i'll drop that in and a lot of people go in the comments you can always see it like oh i've never heard of this kings of war and then they'll go search it out and then they'll find all the videos or they'll go into other channels that only do kings of war like kyle um at mastercraft and things and it's like they see that and then the, the comments say i've just watched the battle report and I, i'm hooked and i'm like well it, it's everywhere now. I mean, <laughs> if you don't know what Kings of War is now, you have been living under a rock. But I must admit, if you are in a local community that only plays Games Workshop, which the tyrants aren't at the end of the day, then ignorance is always going to be there because it's not in your face. So it's it's one of the things. Kings, Kings of War is playing more because I want to do more content on it. <laughs> so you heard it here, guys. Get out there. Uh, get your buddies playing Kings of War so Luke can only make Kings of War videos and be a, a happier content provider. I'll be, a, I'll be a happier content creator if all I've got to do is move. It's, the thing is, Battle Report Battle Report channels will love Kings of War. It's so easy to film. <laughs> it's laid out for Battle Report channels. 
So if you're a Battle Report channel, do Kings of War because it's easy. Well, awesome. I, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, we uh, love to have you, and hopefully, you know, anytime you have anything Kings of War related, you want to uh, uh, plug, you're always welcome to come on the show anytime you want. Well, no worries, man. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure this will happen again. Don't worry about it. Well, thanks for listening, and remember to keep counter charging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Counter Charge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.